everyone to uh, tonight's program and as Leela said it's the night before the intensive which is always a special time for me because Baba repeatedly told me run intensives so I worked out after a while that he meant to run intensives <laughs> and I've been doing it ever since so it's a very special time and the night before is very good so in that spirit I want to welcome you as Baba always did by saying in Hindi, Sabko Bodhisanmane Kesat Prem Sehadik Swagat. With great respect and love, I welcome you all with all my heart. And he would say that at the beginning of every program. And it was uh, his motto, his credo, uh, and his religion to welcome other people with love, seeing God within every person. So, in that spirit, I want to welcome you. And I have a question for you. Who is the lucky dog? And the, Davy Ma is the lucky dog because Davy Ma is going to Ganeshpuri this week along with Swami Turyananda and Anandi back there. But she's doing advanced work for all of us when we go later. Uh, no, next November. But uh, I do have a bit of, uh, what do you call it? FOMO. I am FOMO-full. FOMO-full. Uh, <clears throat> I've been to that little village so many times, more than I can count. Uh, sometimes for long periods. The first time I went there was three years. And, um, and it never failed to deliver divine experience. So, anyway, bon voyage, Devi Ma and Anandi and Turyananda, and travel safely and uh, bring the Shakti, send the Shakti back. Absolutely. Uh, do you want to say something? <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so, the, the night before the intensive, of course, my, my subject can only be one subject, and that's Baba. And so uh, we'll look at some of Baba's teachings and dialogues. A few weeks ago, <clears throat> I uh, looked at his dialogues with psychologists. It might have been last week. I don't know when it was. 
recently, right? Yeah. Recent. Uh, Dr. Harold Streitfeld, who we knew as Shiva Streitfeld, who was a real character. He was a, a psychologist and a very extroverted guy, and he would always talk to Baba in a very direct way, and we all enjoyed that. Uh, Dr. Streitfeld uh, read some of the dialogues with Baba and him and his psychologist group on the East Coast, and then when Baba went to the West Coast that year, and we're talking about uh, 1975, I guess, something like that on the Second World Tour, uh, uh, Dr. Streitfeld brought a group of prominent psychologists to the Oakland ashram. Oakland is uh, a city outside of San Francisco, across the bay from San Francisco. <clears throat> and um, uh, he brought them to discuss meditation and its role in psychotherapy. And Baba said, it says, Baba was very happy to learn that they were recommending meditation and the use of mantra to their patients. So here we go. Psychologist says, I'd like to talk about meditation in order to get a clearer understanding of it. Oh, I didn't show pictures of Baba. Let's do it. Baba Muktananda on tour. <clears throat> this is Baba without his teeth in. I always liked this Baba. I always thought he was cute. Uh, I think that's in, in uh, Tasmania, actually, in 74. I'm not 100% sure. It looks like this building, doesn't it? Our building. Anyway, next. Uh, this is Baba giving a lecture somewhere during the, the, the world tour. I recognize it, but I can't quite place it. Okay. What? Might have been Australia? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it could have been uh, really? Gore Street. Could have been. In that chair? <laughs> you know. Yeah. That's backwards, isn't it? Yeah. That's backwards, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, backwards, yeah. Yeah. Next. Uh, there, there we have the, the scene in Darshan. Baba giving a talk. Various people. There's... Uh, Gurumai Malti, translating. And uh, that might have been, what, Oakland? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Anyway, go on. That's it? That's it? Okay. Baba on tour. <clears throat> Baba says, the practice of meditation is not the goal of meditation. Only after constant meditation do you reach the goal. The scriptures on meditation say you should reach a thought-free state. And that is the culmination of meditation. Of course, Patanjali says in his uh, very first, actually his second sutra, that meditation is to still the thought waves, the vrittis, the thought waves. Your mind is calm and then it has vrittis. It's an anapoetic ano, word. Um, anapoetic word. What is it? Anamatapia, Anamatapia, yeah. I should know, an old English <laughs> professor. Anamatapia word. So, um, <clears throat> so that's what Patanjali says, that it's still the thought ways of the mind's meditation. Baba says, the nature of the mind is to think constantly about one thing or another. True meditation is the state in which the mind becomes thought-free. Even in our normal, everyday existence, 
a person may become stunned or thought-free when, for example, he is overpowered by a feeling of deep emotion, such as love or anger. But that state is brought about by the force of circumstances. And here Bob is quoting from the Vigyana Bhairava and also the Spandakarakas. They both give a, a variety of life experiences in which the mind becomes still. Uh, having a great fright, uh, having a great joy, um, yawning, sneezing. I read the, those scriptures and then I started to be very attentive to my own sneezing. And I noticed that actually when I, I sneezed, I saw white light. If you, no, you don't normally watch, but you watch, okay? Next time you sneeze, instead of saying, oh damn, a lot of pollen around today, say, ah, a chance to examine for myself what the scriptures are saying. And you'll see there's, in that moment of sneeze, there's white light. <clears throat> if you hold on to that white light, you can attain the goal. You'll have frozen in a sneeze. <clears throat> anyway, uh, so Baba says, one should be able to experience such a thought-free state quite naturally. That is the goal of real meditation, not just in those extraordinary moments when the mind stops. One of them is running from the battlefield, running in life for your life from the battlefield. When you're running for your life, you're not thinking about anything else. The mind stop. Another psychologist. In our work, my associates and I suggest meditation to our parents, our patients, who have a lot of anxiety. We have found to be valuable therapeutically. Baba says, it'd be very beneficial for your patients if you introduce them to meditation and mantra. It seems that doctors have done some research on this matter and have found mantra and meditation to be beneficial for treatment of heart disease and other ailments. But actually, there's no need to do a lot of research. You just sit in the corner quietly and repeat the mantra for a few minutes, and you'll have an immediate first-hand experience of the effect of the mantra. And so uh, and there was a period uh, back in, the, I guess, the 70s when there were a lot of research being done, and they were measuring things. They were taking brain waves of meditators and doing all that, uh, trying to get external validation. And Baba's saying, you don't need that. You can just try it yourself, go within, say the mantra, and test it. <clears throat> he says, it's subject to immediate verification. Mantra as well as meditation will be of immense help to you in treating patients. And of course, the repetition of mantra was the main meditation technique, other than Shaktipat, if you can call Shaktipat a technique. But mantra, was, Baba had great value, very simple, and you're going to hear more about it in this dialogue. Psychologists, what is the effective repetition of the mantra? Baba, the wandering nature of the mind is controlled through the repetition of mantra. The inherent power of the mantra also causes a subtle reaction in the subconscious. And I've often told, and I've written about it, uh, that during a real crisis that I had when I was with Baba in his ashram back in the early 70s, um, I had a kind of, well, kind of breakdown. Uh, and I was flooded with fear 
And one day he came up to me and he said, Om Namah Shivaya, say Om Namah Shivaya, keep repeating that 24 hours a day. And, um, and I, I did as much as I could. Uh, and in a couple of days, the whole uh, thing had shifted and dissipated. So mantra is tremendously valuable. <clears throat> Baba says, for instance, take the mundane mantra, apple. If I utter the word apple, the image of an apple is created in your mind. Now let us consider an undesirable and negative word, such as fool. If this word is directed towards someone, it will produce a powerful reaction in him. He'll get angry and upset. This is the effect and power of that word. Now take a mantra such as Om Namah Shivaya, <clears throat> which is also very powerful, but which can produce a positive effect in you and allow you to feel the oneness of your being with the Supreme Consciousness. So this is all the theory of matrika, or the way language works. Language is a, quite a mysterious thing that, that we can uh, make up sentences without even thinking about them and express our ideas and then speak them out and the other person hears that and, un and understands it. Of course, doesn't understand what you said, so some other thing they think. Um, but, you know, in general, we do this extraordinary things. And uh, it's the power of matrika, the matrix of all sounds, intelligible sounds, and how they're used. And Baba said there are different levels of these matrikas. And some matrikas bring you down, make you miserable. The stories we tell ourselves inwardly about how we're worthless and, and uh, no good and insufficient. And uh, those thoughts bring us down. And yet there are other matrikas, mantras are among them, that raise us up and put us in touch with the divinity within us. Hibhava <clears throat> says, its power of the mantra is such that it can catalyze an experience of your own inner consciousness. Through continuous practice, every pore and cell of the body becomes permeated by the mantra. There are people who've, who've done practice mantra and they feel the mantra vibrating in, in every cell of their body with a healing energy. <clears throat> uh, the mantra has so much power that it creates a sort of inner explosion that activates one's inner spiritual energy or kundalini shakti. Once this inner energy is activated, it never leaves a person. It continues to aid him in his evolution at, until he attains spiritual perfection. Well, spiritual perfection um, means to be totally in touch with the self, with consciousness all the time. You still might be a quite unpleasant person, <laughs> but you'll be filled with joy and bliss. Probably improve your personality somewhat. <laughs> um, Baba, Baba asks now a, uh, a leading question. Do psychologists and psychiatrists acknowledge this inner consciousness, the source of great joy and love, which is experienced when the mind is drawn within? <clears throat> and the psychologist says, some of them do, but not very many. <laughs> I wonder if it, it's, this is uh, for 40 years ago, 50 years ago, 45 years ago, uh, 
I wonder if more psychologists uh, recognize higher consciousness now. People going, yes, yes. But there are a few going, no, no. Maybe, maybe they do. You believe there's an evolution of consciousness going on? Yeah, do you believe there's an evolution of consciousness? Are you optimistic? Yeah? I like to hear that. It's good. <clears throat> it's, there is an evolution of consciousness going on. Just not here. <laughs> Baba says, there's more and more interest in consciousness today. So there you go. It's the duty of psychologists and psychiatrists to experience that inner consciousness. I can see Baba giving a talk to a graduating uh, institute, saying it's your duty to know inner consciousness. <clears throat> then they can effectively treat people who are mentally afflicted. And it's true that if you know that inner place. Psychologists, do you mean the consciousness beyond the mind? Baba, of course it's beyond the mind, but at the same time it's connected with the mind. The space of love is in the heart and also in the spiritual center at the top of the head, the topmost chakra, the sahasrara. <clears throat> Once the mind touches that space, it becomes attracted to it and it wants to dwell there all the time. I call that the clear space of good feeling. And uh, it becomes an addiction, but this is a good kind of addiction. If you know that place of peace and harmony and joy and luminosity, then you want to keep going back to it. Then you discover why you go away from it. You examine yourself. What kind of inner movements take me away from that? And then what kind of inner movements bring me back in touch with that? And then you start working on that. And that's what we call sadhana, spiritual practice. It's to move towards that clear space of good feeling. Baba goes on, it said that there's no such thing as the mind that is not a separate entity. Uh, there's no such thing as the mind and that it is not a separate entity. It is in truth a throb or ray of supreme consciousness. That supreme consciousness is pure love but when it gradually contracts itself and comes into contact with the different objects of the outer world, it is called the mind. And when it returns to its original form through meditation, it becomes consciousness again. Therefore, we should always keep the mind in a happy condition. That's the uh, spiritual instruction. Keep your mind in a happy condition. <clears throat> that's, uh, that's what you have to do. You have to take, use every inner effort, every meditative device, keep your mind in a happy condition. And for that, we must practice a little japa, mantra repetition, uh, and some meditation, Baba says. It's interesting, when Baba talks to psychologists, uh, I noticed that uh, a couple of weeks ago, I said Bhaktivedanta's favorite um, <laughs> sutras, and um, so I pulled them out again. Uh, the text is called Pratyabhikna Vridayam, the heart of the doctrine of recognition. And there's Sutra 5 and Sutra 13, which Baba is referring to without saying it there. And Sutra 5 says, Chitti Reva Chaitana Paradavaruda Chaitya Sankochini Chittam. 
English means chitti itself, chitti is consciousness itself, descending from the stage of universal consciousness becomes chitta, which is the mind or individual consciousness. So chitti, which is pure, untrammeled, unformed consciousness, descends and becomes our mind through the process of contraction. In other words, our minds are contracted forms of universal consciousness. <clears throat> and then 13 says, the opposite movement, I won't do the Sanskrit, says, acquiring full knowledge of the self, chitta, that's the mind, itself by inward movement becomes chitti by rising to the status of universal consciousness. So chitta, the contracted mind, by an inward movement, by an outward movement, chitta, chitta, chitti became chitta. By consciousness became the mind by moving outwardly, then by going back inwardly, it rises up and expands. That's why meditation is so beneficial, because we take the outgoing mind and we turn it within, and it rises up to universal consciousness. This is Sutras 5 and 13, right? You like this one? Which one do you like better? 5. 13, better? 13, you go back? You prefer 5. <laughs> How can you prefer 5 when 13 brings us home? You can't have one without the other. Uh, that's the true. <laughs> okay. We'll talk about this later. <laughs> uh, okay. Another, some more on mantra. Now we know what her MC talk should be. What's that? What? Her MC? <laughs> oh, those, those two, yeah. No, I, they're a wonderful parent. Uh, that through the mind becomes contracted by being externalized, and then through inter interiorization, it expands back to its original and supreme uh, state. <clears throat> okay, here's another one on mantra from the, the same set of dialogues. Question, oh no, I guess this is a different one. You've given me the Om Namah Shivaya mantra, which I've been using for japa during the day. Chopra's repetition. I've been using Guru Om in meditation. Is there a difference between the two mantras? And Baba gave, basically Baba gave three mantras. Om Namah Shivaya is the lineage mantra. He received that from his guru. Guru Om is the mantra that he used when he used to contemplate his oneness with his guru. He repeated it as a devotional mantra. And also he did, gave us the Hamsa Soham mantra, which is the meditation on the breath, and the breath going in and breath going out. Uh, another very powerful mantra. But Baba says, <clears throat> it's about Guru Om. First we must understand who the Guru is. The Guru is Shiva, the universal teacher. <clears throat> so, they say that Shiva, Lord Shiva, was the first guru, and all the other gurus are forms 
of Lord Shiva. He gave the teaching to humanity. Shiva is also universal consciousness. So in essence, the guru principle is that universal consciousness, which dwells within everyone. Uh, Baba says, a sage has sung a hymn to him, saying, I bow to thee, O universal teacher, because from you have come all the other gurus. You are the guru of gurus. That's Shiva. <clears throat> it is from Shiva that the line of Siddha gurus originates. Shiva passed the mantra Guru Om into a being who passed it to his disciple, who in turn passed it to his disciple until it eventually came to Nityananda and then to Muktananda. That is the origin of Guru Om, which is the same as Om Namah Shivaya. It is a conscious live mantra because it is passed through a line of gurus. And Baba, in Sanskrit, it's the Chaitanya mantra, a mantra that's enlivened, not, not an inert mantra, but if it's passed through a, a living lineage that becomes charged with spiritual energy. Baba tells a story. In the scriptures, there's a story of a sage, <clears throat> Sandana, who was a great worshiper of Om Namah Sivaya. In fact, he was exclusively devoted to this mantra and repeated it all the time. If he saw anyone, he would say, Om Namah Shivaya. <clears throat> if he heard anything, he would utter, Om Namah Shivaya. He was completely immersed in Om Namah Shivaya, uh, but he was not invited to cocktail parties because of that. <laughs> That's what that says. <laughs> After he died, his spirit was being taken towards heaven. He heard cries coming from a different world. He asked the heavenly passengers, messengers, where are these cries coming from? They replied, hell. Sandana said, why don't you take me there? They said, those who go to hell have repeated a different mantra. <laughs> the mantra that you've been repeating does not merit you hell. You haven't earned it. I must visit there, he insisted. So the heavenly messengers took him there. When he saw so many creatures suffering in the agony of hell, his heart was moved with compassion and he began to utter Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya. The scriptures say that the force of his japa cleansed and purified all the creatures in hell, and that they were all taken to heaven along with him. This is the power of Om Namah Shivaya. That's why there are some questionable characters in heaven, by the way. <laughs> I've noticed it myself. I'll tell you another story about the power of Om Namah Shivaya, which is also in the scriptures. According to Hindu mythology, when Brahma, the creator, who created the universe, thought about how best to create the universe, he thought and thought and thought. This is probably from the Upanishads. Bhav is loosely translating it. He could not find an answer to the question, until he got into a state in which he could no longer think. He became thought-free. He began to pray, and from the pure space, he heard a mantra vibrating, Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya. It was with the strength and power he obtained from Om Namah Shivaya that he created the universe. It's a creation myth. <clears throat> we repeat a mantra every day, and Baba, uh, uh, well, I'm going to skip that part. And Baba goes, Guru Om means the same as Om Namah Shivaya because Guru is Shiva and Shiva is Guru. 
There's no difference between the two. What more should a person do in whose heart Om Namah Shivaya throbs constantly? He does not need to do any other austerities, no other practices. He does not need to observe fasts or vows or go on pilgrimages, except to Ganeshpuri, or to do any other spiritual practices. Anyone can repeat this mantra, regardless of whether one is a child or an adult. And say, you know, uh, spirituality in India is quite elitist in the hands of the Brahmin class uh, for a long time. And then various movements grew up, which included everyone, the bhakti, the devotional movement, uh, Shaivism, the, the tantras. These included everyone. And the mantra is an incredibly democratic, egalitarian method. Anyone can do it. And as Baba points out, you don't need a special initiation. You can just do this mantra uh, and attain the goal. He says, whether he's a man or a woman, whether one is highly evolved or fallen, whether one is the lowest of the low or the highest of the high, this mantra suits all equally. Something very satisfying about that, isn't it? <clears throat> Om Namah Shivaya will work for everything. If you repeat Om Namah Shivaya 11 times, your entire day will be spent happily. <laughs> in Ganeshpuri, back in the day, um, we used to, uh, I guess we learned this from Baba, we used to get our food on a leaf plate, and then we would pour some water and make a circle in the water around the food, and then repeat Om Namah Shivaya silently 11 times to, to bless that. <clears throat> it was a very good habit. He says, if you repeat this mantra while going to sleep, the japa will continue during sleep and you'll get deep sleep. If while bathing you repeat Om Namah Shivaya, it'll be the same as taking a dip in the holy Ganges. Uh, and it's better because the Ganges is not in a great condition to take a dip in these days, but they're working on it. <clears throat> while eating food, if you blow Om Namah Shivaya onto the food, it'll be cleansed of all sin. If while cooking your food, you repeat Om Namah Shivaya, the food will become strongly charged with the power of Shakti, that whoever eats it will experience the Shakti. Baba used to insist that the cooks would repeat the mantra, uh, and because that the food was full of Shakti. When a mother is feeding his, her baby, if she repeats Om Namah Shivaya all the time, her child will grow into a very great adult. This mantra is repeated while doing activities, if it is, then all these activities will become sacred rituals. While eating, repeat Om Namah Shivaya. While drinking, Om Namah Shivaya. While stepping into your car, Om Namah Shivaya. While driving, Om Namah Shivaya. But don't let go of the steering wheel while repeating the mantra. <laughs> <laughs> huh? <clears throat> what do I have? I have um, more on mantra. Okay. <clears throat> Question. Since mantra initiation usually involves some sort of special ritual performed between guru and disciple, why do you simply give out a card with the mantra printed on it? So Baba was uh, very radical. Uh, and the reason that I do that is because Baba did it. Uh, <clears throat> and normally it's, uh, there's a special ritual and then they whisper the mantra in, in the ear and so on. <clears throat> Baba says, 
More important than any ritual is the faith of the person who receives the mantra. One with faith can receive a Siddha's mantra in any place at any time, under any circumstances, and that mantra is guaranteed to bear fruit. A Siddha's mantra is not inert. It's fully conscious and not bound by time, space, or ritual. Through the Siddha's grace, it bears fruit immediately. Ordinarily, there's a ritual for mantra initiation, but the main ritual is faith. Where there is no faith, the ritual becomes pointless. Where there's great faith, the ritual becomes unnecessary. <clears throat> Very modern, Baba was. Um, one more? Okay. There's another meeting with psychologists. Question, how does one find the right mantra? Baba, the mantra you receive from one who is fully realized is the right mantra. If you receive your mantra from one who has himself received something from it, you can also receive something from that mantra. There's a saying in Sanskrit, mantra chaitanya vignata, receive the mantra from one who's realized its full conscious power. So if you receive the mantra from one for whom the mantras become fully alive, fully conscious, that same mantra will also bear full fruit for you. And he goes on to say how every word uh, has an effect. Um, you ask for bread, you get bread, and so on. Likewise, the Maha Mantra, the great mantra, Om Namah Shivaya, directs you towards the highest goal within a person. By repeating the mantra, we achieve the true goal of life, to know the self, to know the conscious self. According to the scriptures, the supreme principle has manifested itself as mantra. So Baba was very big on mantra. It's very good on the eve of the intensive to be contemplating these things because the goal of the intensive is to know the self and to awaken to this possibility. It's a possibility that's basically unknown in our culture, but because it's not known doesn't mean that it's not true. And many great sages in many traditions, not only in India, but throughout the world, have discovered this principle and connected with it. And that principle lives within every one of us if we make a little effort to know that principle. And what that principle does for us is gives us a lot of peace and gives us a lot of joy and a lot of wisdom also, knowledge of how to live our lives, knowledge of how to get rid of negative emotions, knowledge of how to find the sweet spot inside, the clear space of good feeling. So that's what we'll be doing tomorrow. So right now let's meditate for a few minutes. We'll meditate for 10 minutes. And it's all been about mantra, so what else are we going to do? Repeat the mantra. Baba said you can find out how it works by looking within and trying it. And so I, what I suggest is, is attentive, uh, great attention to the mantra. Repeat the mantra inside. Notice where it seems to repeat itself. With different people, it will repeat different places, sometimes in the heart, sometimes in the third eye, sometimes even in the navel. Um, let it go to where it wants to go and repeat it there and then feel the effect of it. Feel the vibration of that mantra. And if other thoughts come in, let them 
disappear. Don't pay attention to them. Don't pay attention. Just keep focusing on the mantra. But don't strain yourself. Say it gently but clearly within and see what happens inside. And we'll meditate for 10 minutes. And once again, with great love and respect, um, remembering uh, the gurus of the lineage and looking forward to uh, the meditation tomorrow, I welcome you all with all my heart. Satguru Maharaj Ki Jai. Let's meditate for 10 minutes.